I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no help in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Bear thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. Almighty God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who desireth not the death of a sinner, but rather that he may turn from his wickedness and live, hath given power and commandment to his ministers, being penitent, the absolution and remission of their sins. He pardoneth and absolveth all those who truly repent and unfeignedly believe his holy gospel. Wherefore, let us beseech him to grant us true repentance and his Holy Spirit, that those things may please him which we do at this present, and that the rest of our life hereafter may be pure and holy, so that at the last we may come to his eternal joy, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 51, page 403. Have mercy upon me, O God, after thy great goodness. According to the multitude of thy mercies, do away mine offenses. Wash me throughly from my wickedness, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my and is ever before me. Against thee only have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified in thy saying, and clear when thou shalt judge. Behold, I was shapen in wickedness, and in sin hath my mother conceived me. But lo, thou requirest truth in the inward parts, and shalt make me to understand wisdom secretly. Thou shalt purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Thou shalt wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Thou shalt make me hear of joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Turn thy face from my sin, and put out all my misdeeds. Make me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. O give me the comfort of thy help again, and establish me with thy free spirit. Then shall I teach thy ways unto the wicked, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. 
Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou that art the God of my health, and my tongue shall sing of thy righteousness. Thou shalt open my lips, O Lord, and my mouth shall show thy praise. For thou desirest no sacrifice, else would I give it thee, but thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifice of God is a troubled spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, shalt thou not despise. O be favorable and gracious unto Zion, build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with thy sacrifice of righteousness, with the burnt offerings and oblations. Then shall they offer young bullets upon thy altar. The first lesson is written in the second chapter of Lamentations. How the Lord has covered the daughter of Zion with a cloud in his anger. He hath cast down from heaven to the earth the beauty of Israel, and did not remember his footstool in the day of his anger. The Lord has swallowed up and not pitied all the dwelling places of Jacob. He has thrown down in his wrath the strongholds of the daughter of Judah. He has brought them down to the ground. He has profaned the kingdom and its princes. He has cut off in fierce anger every horn of Israel. He has drawn back his right hand from before the enemy. He has blazed against Jacob like a flaming fire, devouring all around. Standing like an enemy, he has bent his bow. With his right hand like an adversary, he has slain all who were pleasing to his eye. On the tent of the daughter of Zion, he has poured out his fury like fire. The Lord was like an enemy. He has swallowed up Israel. He has swallowed up all her palaces. He has destroyed her strongholds and has increased mourning and lamentation in the daughter of Judah. He has done violence to his tabernacle as if it were a garden. He has destroyed his palace of assembly. The Lord has caused the appointed feasts and Sabbaths to be forgotten in Zion. In his burning indignation, he has spurned the king and the priest. The Lord has spurned his altar. He has abandoned his sanctuary. He has given up the walls of her palaces into the hand of the enemy. They have made a noise in the house of the Lord as on the day of a set feast. The Lord has purposed to destroy the wall of the daughter of Zion. He has stretched out a line. He has not withdrawn his hand from destroying. Therefore, he has caused the rampart and the wall to lament. They languished together. Her gates have sunk into the ground. He has destroyed and broken her bars. Her king and her princes are among the nations. The law is no more. And her prophets find no vision from the Lord. The elders of the daughter of Zion sit on the ground and keep silence. They throw dust on their heads and gird themselves with sackcloth. The virgins of Jerusalem bow their heads to the ground. My eyes fall with te fail with tears. My heart is troubled. My bile is poured on the ground because of the destruction of the daughter of my people, because the children and the infants faint in the streets of the city. They say to their mothers, Where is grain and wine? as they swoon like wounded in the streets of the city, as their life is poured out in their mother's bosom. How shall I console you? To what shall I liken you, O daughters of daughter of Jerusalem? 
what shall I compare with you that I may comfort you, O virgin daughter of Zion? For your ruin is spread wide as the sea. Who can help you? Your prophets have seen for you false and deceptive visions. They have not uncovered your iniquity to bring back your captives, but have envisioned for you false prophecies and delusions. All who pass clap their hands at you. They hiss and shake their heads at the daughter of Jerusalem. Is this the city that called the perfection of beauty, the joy of the whole earth? All your enemies have opened their mouth against you. They hiss and gnash their teeth. They say, we have swallowed her up. Surely this is the day we have waited for. We have found it. We have seen it. The Lord has done what he hath purposed. He has fulfilled his word, which he commanded in the days of old. He has thrown down and has not pitied, and he has caused an enemy to rejoice over you. He has exalted the horn of your adversaries. Their heart cried out to the, to the Lord, O oh, let the daughter of Zion let tears run down like a river day and night. Give yourself no relief, give your eyes no rest. Arise, cry out in the night. At the, wilderness, at the beginning of the watches, pour out your heart like water before the face of the Lord. Lift your hands toward him for the life of your young children who faint from hunger at the head of every street. See, O Lord, and consider, to whom have you done this? Should the women eat their offspring, the children they have cuddled? Should the priest and prophet be slain in the sanctuary of the Lord? Young and old lie on the ground in the streets. My virgins and my young men have fallen by the sword. You have slain them in the day of your anger. You have slaughtered and not pitied. You have invited as to a feast day the terrors that surround me. In the day of the Lord's anger, there were, was no refuge or survivor. Those whom I have borne and brought up, the enemies have destroyed. Here endeth the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath opened his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers Abraham and his seed forever. The second lesson beginneth in the 17th verse of the 15th chapter of the Gospel of John. These things I command you, that you love one another. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, 
they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep your, yours also. But all these things they will do for you, to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would have no sin, but now they have no excuse for their sin. He who hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among, among them the works which no one else did, they would have no sin. But now they have seen and also hated both me and my father. But this happened that the world word might be fulfilled, which is written in their law, they hated me without a cause. But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And you will also bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. Here endeth the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to light in the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. With thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. And do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O Lord God, whose blessed Son, our Savior, gave his back to the smiters and hid not his face from shame, grant us grace to take joyfully the sufferings of the present time in full assurance of the glory that shall be revealed. Through the same, thy Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, who of thy tender love toward mankind hath sent thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, to take upon him our flesh and to suffer death upon the cross, that all mankind should follow the example of his great humility. Mercifully grant that we may both follow the example of his patience and also be made partakers of his resurrection through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, 
that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Light our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night. For the love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Evening, everyone. Sorry about the uh, network issues that I was having earlier. Hopefully, we'll be good now. Um, so, from our first lesson, we read Lamentations chapter 2, and this is an acrostic poem in the Hebrew. Uh, so, there's it spans the entirety of the Hebrew al alphabet, so one verse per letter, hence the 22 verses. And it's all about, it's a poem in lament of the fall and destruction of Jerusalem that whoever the author of Lamentations is um, must have witnessed firsthand. And it is indeed a pretty intense, uh, pretty intense poem. So the author accuses God of several things that are pretty bad when you think about it. So he think he accuses God of acting like an enemy uh, towards his own people. He accuses God of forgetting his covenant that he made with his people. And then he speaks of, I think this is interesting, he speaks of the destruction of the temple and how God made Zion to forget her feasts and her festivals. It's in a way, it's kind of hauntingly ironic there because it's that very thing. It's Israel forgetting her true worship that brought this destruction upon her. And then the author accuses the prophets, so he shifts, he accuses the prophets of failing to expose Israel's sin. If they would have done so, they perhaps could have restored her fortunes. And then it's like by the time you even get halfway through the alphabet to verse 11, the poet is so overcome uh, just with the emotion of the thing, that it just turns into nothing but tears and lament. And then the poem ends with this plea to God in verses 20 through 22, which is, yeah, it, it's a difficult thing. It's almost as though he's recognizing that, yes, God, the people deserve this. Uh, you're, you're just in doing this. But the severity of it is, it's intolerable. We, we just simply cannot bear it. And so he cries out to God for help. I think what the destruction of Jerusalem with its severity is intended to show us is not that God is um, some angry tyrant who's just kind of flying off the handle, but rather simply that God will not abide in justice. Um, he will not allow evil in the end, uh, in the final move of the story, he will not allow evil to go unpunished. So God is indeed slow to anger. He his forbearance is very great, but that does not mean that the point of anger will not arise. And this is what it looks like when it does. Then in our second lesson, so in John chapter 15, so Jesus is in the middle here of what's known as his farewell discourse, his final conversation with his disciples before his hour, as John uses the term, before his hour arrives. So towards the end here of chapter 15, Jesus speaks about the world's hatred. And John uses, uh, throughout the New Testament, John will use this term world um, in different contexts. He'll use it with slightly different meanings. But here it refers quite simply to the present moral order in the world, which is 
uh, repugnant to what is in opposition then to the moral order of the kingdom of God. At the base of reality, uh, when we see this from Genesis all the way through the Bible to the end of Revelation, at the base of reality, what we have here is a war between light and darkness. We have a war between good and evil. And Jesus says to his disciples, because my Father has chosen you, so because of God's election then, because of what his disciples have been called to, the world will hate them. That makes sense. They'll hate them because what they stand for is repugnant to what the world stands for. So Jesus, his intention here, and he says this actually right afterwards in the beginning of chapter 16, I tell you those things so that you will not fall away when this happens. His intention is to encourage them by saying, when this does indeed happen to you, you shouldn't be surprised by it. Know that it happened to me. And there's that solidarity that we will then have in this persecution. This relationship between Christians and culture, if you will, between church and the world is something that we need to always be prayerfully discerning. Um, it's one of those things that I think we need to, like I said, prayerfully discern what this looks like in our own context. The Bible will give us um, underlying principles here, but it doesn't always tell us exactly what it looks like in our individual contexts and situations. What the Bible does make clear to us, what Jesus makes clear to us, is that it's very, very easy for us to begin to love the things of the world. Uh, so we have to be mindful of that. We have to be careful of that. And it's very, very easy for us to fall into that and to be on that path and being formed in the path of the world without even realizing that that is happening. But on the other side, and we see this very clearly, um, we can't completely cut ourselves off from the world either. So we have to, again, be prayerful and discerning to see how it is that God is calling us and what it looks like for each one of us in our current stations of life to be present in and for the world, but yet to simultaneously be distinct and set off from the world. So we'll continue now with our intercession on page 590 and take a second call to mind those you're praying for. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice, and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil, and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble, and do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities. For his sake who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen.
Amen. Thanks, everyone. Have a good night. Thank you both. Thank you so much, Kevin. All three. <laughs> Have a great night, everybody.